Great. Well done, guys. That was awesome. Yeah. Father, we just pray, bring your peace this Christmas time and let it start right in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Okay, I will be brief. I know turkeys are in the oven and uh, pigs in blankets and all those other strange things we call food. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to conclude our Christmas series looking at Jesus the King. If you've been following with us over these last few weeks, we've looked at the fact that Jesus is the promised king and that God always keeps his promises. He is faithful. He is true. We've also looked at how he is the humble king, that he perhaps wasn't the king that we thought he was going to be. But you know what? He came to serve and not be served. And last week, you looked at the fact that he was the unexpected king. He was exactly what the world needed, not necessarily what they thought. This morning, on Christmas Day, we are going to look at the fact that the King is here. He is God, Emmanuel, God with us. And if you never knew why Emmanuel is sometimes spelt with an I, sometimes spelt with an E, I don't know if you've noticed that. The I is a direct translation from the Hebrew, so Old Testament generally has I, and even in Matthew, the Um, What Claire read out earlier on, it uses the I because it's referencing Isaiah from the Old Testament. E is a romanization of it. So there we go. You can basically spell it how you want. But it means, and this is the important bit, God with us. He is with us. Perhaps more than any other time of year, Christmas demonstrates that what we really, really want, sound like a Spice Girls song, really, really want, is not necessarily PlayStations, even PlayStation Pros or Xbox Ones. It's not the latest Apple Watch. It's not even, even copious amounts of chocolate. What actually we really want deep down and actually what we really need is to be with one another. It's to be with our loved ones. It's why the roads are jammed at this time of year. It's why the airports are rammed at this time of year. And that's not even when there are drones flying around. Airports are rammed. People are wanting to be with people they love because the best present is being present with those we love. It also explains why Christmas can be the hardest time of year for many people when we are separated from those we love for different reasons. And the reason we have this inner pull It's because we are created as relational beings. And the reason we are created as relational beings is because we reflect our creator. God himself is a relational being, and we carry his image. And he longs for relationship with us. That scripture that Claire read out in Matthew 1 tells the story of the angel visiting Joseph. It tells Joseph's side his genealogy, and then right through to his encounter. And as I said, the angel quotes Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That gospel starts by saying, God has come. God has come. John 2, first chapter of John, after it talks about in the beginning was the Word, it goes on to say, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. 
We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, both those Gospels starting with the fact that God has come. He's with us. I think one of the most beautiful and perhaps powerful statements in all of Scripture is the fact that God is with his people now and forevermore. And you know, in the Old Testament, God went to extraordinary lengths to be with his people. If you've read through some of the Old Testament, you you know that the, the people of Israel, God's chosen people, had been rescued out of Egypt. They were then in the wilderness. He gave them instructions to build a mighty tent. It started off as a tent of meeting that Moses would go into. It then became the tabernacle, the place where inside the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant would be placed. God presencing himself with his people. I don't have a mighty tabernacle, but I do have a tent. There we go. Imagine, you've got to use your imagination. This is a mighty tabernacle. There we go. Look at that. A mighty tabernacle. I've got to hold it. There we go. It's a slightly smaller version, okay? But God dwelling with his people in a tent. Very bizarre. But the good thing about a tent is that tents can be picked up and carried with you. So when the people of Israel were led by God to go into, well, actually 40 years in the wilderness, they knew God was with them. Why? Well, he's coming with us. We're bringing the tent with us. He led them. Pillar of fire at night, pillar of cloud by day. But his presence remained with them because the tabernacle was there. It could be picked up and carried. And of course, when they entered the promised land, when they settled, the mighty tabernacle became an altogether mightier temple. God dwelling with his people. But you know, this was still God at arm's length. There was still separation there. Inside, there was still this curtain, the Holy of Holies. God was still untouchable. His holiness would destroy our own sinfulness. So as you read through the Old Testament, you read about all these ceremonial washing and sacrifices to enable people to have a relationship with God, to know that their sins were atoned for. But of course, this was just a taster. This was a foretaste of what was to come. And when Jesus finally came that first Christmas morning... He revealed God in a whole different way. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know the Greek word for dwelt used in that first chapter of John literally means Jesus set up tent with us. When Jesus came that first Christmas, it says he dwelt, he tabernacled is the word. He tabernacled with us. He pitched tent with us. I love that. God pitched up with us, tabernacled with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And 40 days after he died and rose again, that first Easter Sunday, he he arose 40 days later. He, he, He ascended back into heaven. Did he take the tent with him and went, see you guys, I'll be back, don't worry? No. He left with the promise, I will always be be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. He left with this promise, John 14, if you love me and keep my commands, 
I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and listen, be with you forever, forever. And of course, 10 days after that, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to be with us forever. Jesus, our Emmanuel, forever and ever. If you know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you can know his presence tabernacling with you every single day of this year, every season through good and bad. You can know that. It's a promise. Okay, very quickly. Three things that God's presence, God being with us, God tabernacling with us, makes over this Christmas, and in fact, every day. And without overstating it, these are just three things I just felt led to, but basically, God's presence changes everything because it changes us. It changes us. His presence changes us. But firstly, God's presence gives us courage in place of fear. Are you fearful? So you think ahead to 2019, are you fearful about anything? Are you worried about anything? You know, one of the most common commands God gives in Scripture is do not fear. It's quite a common command as we read the Christmas story. Do not fear. I bring you good news of great joy. Don't fear. I think he knows how easily and quickly we get frightened. He often says, do not fear. And again, right the way through Scripture, we see the difference God's presence makes to people. Think of Moses. I can't lead these people unless you're with me. What what does God promise? He says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be fearful, because I'm with you. And guess what? You're going to lead from a place of rest. Isn't that beautiful? We've got Joshua taking the promised land. Be bold and courageous. Why? Because he's a mighty soldier? No, because I will be with you. His presence again, giving him courage. Most people know the story of David facing Goliath. You guys know it, don't you? He wasn't afraid. Why? Because he was pretty handy with a sling? No, he was pretty handy with a sling. But the reason was, was exactly what he said. He said to Goliath, you come at me with a sword and a javelin and a spear. I come at, with you, come at you in the name of Almighty God. I come in God's authority. Check out who's behind me. God was with him. We've got Elisha facing the armies of the king of Aram. His servant trembling. I think we're about outnumbered here. He goes, no, no, don't be afraid because there are more with us than there are with them. We've got God on our side. Angel armies on our side. They are well outnumbered. God's presence banishes fear. We've got Gideon facing the Midianites. We've got Nehemiah building the wall, all facing opposition, all facing stressful situations, having courage because God was with them. And we get to the Christmas story. How did Mary, this young girl, cope with this total life-changing news? Well, we reread in Luke 1, verse 28, the angel saying, You are favored by the Lord, and the Lord is with you. Do not fear. Do not fear, the Lord is with you. You know, I don't know what 2019 is going to bring each one of us. But what I do know is we do not need to fear because God is with us. 
He gives courage in place of fear. Secondly, God's presence brings us peace in place of chaos. Who here had a very relaxing, calm run up to Christmas? Everything was in order? No? If you are, you're probably like, okay, I'm going to get ripped for that, so I'm going to keep my hand out. Christmas is a chaotic time of year generally. It's, and it's what I love about these Christmas services. It just gives us a chance to press the pause button on all the chaos and festivities and catering and washing up and presents and relatives and all that sort of stuff. Just calm. I'm going to focus on Jesus. And God's presence brings peace. And it's a peace that we can carry with us into all the demands and into all the chaos that we have to face. We can still know that peace. I don't know if you've noticed, if you are around someone who is never flustered and never panicked, it can go one of two ways. You can either get really frustrated at their lack of appropriate panic. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, hello, are you not even aware of the situation we're in? Can I just see a little bit of panic, please? I just want to, come on, why are you so laid back? Don't you care? That's one option. The other option is, actually, their peace can rub off onto us. Their calm temperament, their sense of, I feel content. Everything's going to be okay. Oh, okay. That can rub off off onto us. And actually, it kind of depends on how well you know and trust that person as to which option you generally go with. And of course, we know Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He is never flustered. He never got anxious. He never panicked. He was never caught off guard. And yet, as we read, his disciples often chose option one when it came with Jesus. Think of the disciples in the storm on the lake. What do they do? They complained, there's Jesus asleep on the boat. Jesus, what are you doing? Why are you leaving panicking to us? There we are trying to bail ourselves out. Don't you care that we're going to drown? Why are you so peaceful? We're the ones doing the panicking here. Come on. But of course, as they learned to trust him as the Prince of Peace, as they grew in their relationship and their knowledge of who Jesus really was, they grew into a people who were able to stand firm under the fiercest opposition, knowing the peace of God that transcends all understanding. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says this, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. That kind of covers everything. Why don't everyone just say all times and in every way, okay? All times and in every way. That is a promise. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace. At all times and in every way. Why? The Lord be with you all. It's his presence. It's because God's with us. He brings peace in chaos. Finally, he brings hope in the valley. When things are dark, when things are difficult, he is indeed the light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness does not overcome it. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for the BBC's new adaption of uh, Les Miserables. I don't know how you pronounce it. Les Mis. Have you seen the, the, uh, the trailer for that? I mean, talk about depicting a dark and desolate time. It's pretty bleak, isn't it? Apparently, the people who have seen it have said it's, it's really bleak. 
But the trailer ends with this phrase. It says, where there is love, there is hope. Where there is love, there is hope. And in Jesus, we know a love that is proven. It's proven on the cross. And a love that nothing can separate us from. And because of that love, we can know hope. We can know hope that God will supply all your needs. We can be secure that actually our strength, his strength is perfected in our weakness. When we're going through and we're at the end of our rope, we can have hope. Because that's when his strength is made perfect in our weakness. We can have hope because those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. It's about fixing our eyes on him. Hebrews 6 says, he has been proven faithful. You want to look ahead to 2019? He has been proven faithful. That's why we have this steadfast anchor of our soul. It's hope that enters into the inner place. Behind the curtain, Hebrews 6 says, talking about when Jesus symbolically went behind the curtain in the Holy of Holies and offered himself as a sacrifice once and for all so that we could know God's presence forever. Now that curtain has been torn from top to bottom. There is no more separation. No more separation. No matter how dark the valley is. And there are some of us here who are going through some really difficult times. But no matter how dark it is, you are not separated from God. He is with you. Continue to reach out to him. Continue to draw near to him. A promise in the Bible is draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Surround you with his love and with his hope. God is with us. He knows you by name. If you just want to come back up, I'm just going to briefly share a story. I don't know if you caught this. It was in a few news articles. But it was um, about a Filipino boy called Timothy. There he is. And uh, he was sponsored as part of the Compassion Sponsorship Program. I know many of you sponsor children through Compassion. But he was sponsored by quite an elderly guy called George Walker. And according to Compassion, he was an awesome sponsor. He would write regularly to Timothy. He would send gifts. He would really share about his life and get to know, enter into Timothy's life. He was what, yeah, Compassion said, a model sponsor. He would talk about his dog, Millie, and how Millie had met lots of famous people. He talked about how excited he was one Christmas that he was going to spend Christmas in this great big white house. He offered Timothy some lovely fatherly advice. And and one letter he said, even though we've never met, I, I really love you. I really love you. George sadly passed away at the beginning of this month actually, this year. And it was then that Timothy was told that George Walker was, in fact, George H.W. Bush, the uh, 41st President of the United States. And to say that Timothy was speechless is, is a bit of an understatement. You know, at one time, the most powerful man on the planet knew him by name, entered into his life, engaged with him, bantered with him, sent gifts to him, It was said that it was beyond his wildest imagination, even his ability to comprehend that the President of the United States knew him as a friend, knew him by name. 
But you know what is even more amazing? Is that the God of the universe, who puts presidents and kings and queens and prime ministers into places of authority, he knows your name. And more than that, he wants to fully enter in to your life, to fully engage with you and transform it from the inside out. His presence changes everything. And so this Christmas, let's welcome Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us into every area of our lives, that we can bring his own love and light and hope to those around us. I don't know if you're visiting friends and family, or even if you're just having some time on your own, but you can know God's grace and his hope and his presence with you. Why don't we all just stand to our feet? We're going to uh, just have a play a song. Feel free to actually, you can join in if you want to. It's quite a, an old song. Um, some of you might know it. But equally, feel free just to allow this time, just between you and God, just to say, God, help me to fully encounter your presence this Christmas. In the chaos, let me know your peace. Lord, as I look ahead to the year coming. Let me know your courage. And Lord, where it's dark, let me know your hope. Let's stand to our feet and worship him. And then I'll just pray over us at the end.